On the last Sunday before Christmas, our family, when our three were just little, we would pack the car, the SUV, the van, and we would head to Virginia. And when we pulled in the driveway, Kelly's dad, my father-in-law, would just burst out of the house. And when we would open the hatch, I'm like, and he didn't care. He started grabbing the bags, taking them in. He would, he would run back out for more because he didn't care about our baggage. He was just glad we were home. And in this second part of our series on home for Christmas, that's the message. No matter the baggage, Jesus welcomes you home. He'll show you how to check that baggage at the cross. He'll show you how he'll lift that off of you. But just come home. We came with strong faith today that no matter how much you're carrying, you can bring it to Jesus. And we're believing in faith that people are not going to leave the way they came. Come on. When I talk about baggage, I would define it like this. Where you're bearing a burden you were never meant to bear. Emotionally, spiritually, something has settled in on you. And that's what I'm saying needs to be brought to Jesus. When I say come home, you're coming home. You are redefining that relationship. You're reconnecting or you're getting saved. You've never had a relationship. When I say come into relationship, you start at the cross. And you do that in community. Because people in this room... They know what it is to to come to Jesus, and none of us got everything put right or cleaned ourselves up and then came. We had to come with all of our stuff, with all of our sin. That's the way it works. It's His grace. It's His power that does the changing. You just come home, and I want you to do that today. I want to talk about the hope from this passage in the book of Matthew. Would you put that verse up for us and just focus your eyes in on this. If you are tired from carrying heavy burdens, that's the baggage, then come to me and I will give you rest. Don't offload it and come to me. Come to me and then I will give you freedom. Let me show you The last part of the verse, message paraphrase, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's our vision for so many in the room today. Instead of living bound and burdened, instead of that, the heavy weariness of bearing those burdens you were never meant to bear, the vision today is relationship with Jesus. And as Jesus is working in your life, you learn that's discipleship. You learn to live freely and lightly. Let's put praise right there that that's going to be the defining moment for a lot of people in the service today. I want to talk about this from different vantage points. And I will start with this one. This piece of luggage is very familiar 
You'll see these, the color, the size. And I want to talk about, first of all, bearing the weight of performance-based acceptance. And it's a little unique because culture celebrates accomplishment. And you could carry this one maybe your entire life and you never, ever offload it because it's often celebrated and validated. But if the performance is to gain acceptance, it's a burden you were never meant to bear. You should make the most of your life. Redeem your time, make the most of every opportunity. You've been given gifts and talents, use them. Maximize this one and only life because when you stand before God, it will matter that you made the most of what he gave you. All of that is true. But it's not to earn acceptance. It is not to be validated in relationally. You'll be rewarded for the way you've lived this life. But if you are doing all of that to be accepted, that is a burden too heavy. It's a burden too heavy to bear. I'm talking about handing that over to Jesus and living from what I call acceptance-based performance. You know you're accepted. Now you're free to really be who God created you to be, to do what he's created you to do, because you're not doing it out of a wrong motive. You're not doing it in the bondage to be accepted. So for instance, if by nature you're a high performer, but then by nurture you had an environment where good was never good enough, and no matter what grade you made, you could have done a little bit better. No matter how hard you played, you could have played a little bit harder. It just was never enough. And by nature and nurture, now you are bearing the burden of performance-based acceptance. Or maybe you're like the young lady that we pastored in Memphis. She came to our church when she was 18. She had been in 18 different foster homes. And so she had this deep-seated concept of herself that she was unwanted, that she didn't belong anywhere. And so she lived by performing to be validated and accepted. And so she was wrecking her life with the things that she was doing just to be included. So it can be circumstantially. But regardless what brings you to the point of performance-based acceptance, the message today is bring it and check it at the cross and keep company with Jesus and learn to live free of this. Now, let me give you the truth that's liberating. Let me give you truth that'll set you free. If you say, man, you are speaking to me and this is getting awkward because it, it's just really, this is where you are. It's not awkward. It's the love of Jesus. Because I'm not preaching today. I'm reaching today. I'm reaching to you with hope. And I want to give you truth that will set you free. This comes from Romans. Look at this with me. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Leading you back into fear of never being, never being good enough. 
that you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Yeah, that, that we don't even have to go any farther. Enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned like you don't belong. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. His spirit affirms, bears witness with your spirit, the essence of who you are, that you are his. Paul is writing to people who think that by their performance, their duty, they will be accepted. And he's showing them that it is not their performance that determines acceptance. It's the perfection of Jesus that opens the door of acceptance. Because he became sin, we have the opportunity to become the righteousness of God. Because of his perfect sinless life, call it performance, I'm not using that in a, a trivial way, but an authentic way, the way he lived in his perfection, it satisfied the requirements payment of sin so that you and I can be enfolded into the family and it has nothing to do with our performance. It all rests in the merits of his perfection and his grace provided for us so that now I am accepted and from, from that place I live. How many people, you, you watch high performers that have made millions of dollars and are known worldwide, but so many of them, when you, you get a little more of their story, they're not thriving, they're miserable. And, and many of them have to keep you know, performing because that's where they get their validation. That's where they get their acceptance. And so... From that story to the story of the young lady in our church to someone in this room, bring that to Jesus. Check it at the cross. That's, that's too heavy of a burden to bear. In the book of Titus, I want you to see these words starting at verse 4 of chapter 3. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, sons and daughters, having the hope of eternal life. That's the truth. And it's working freedom in this room. Not your performance, His mercy. He saved us. We can't save ourselves. You can't earn it. Be good enough for it. Let this reach you today 
and you offload that burden that you were never meant to bear, and as you find that you are accepted on the merits of Jesus, now you are going to live in the freedom and that heavy burden that's been on you is lifted and you're going to, you're going to realize just what an incredible life and what influence you can really have. Because at the end of the day, you're not defined by what you do. You're not defined by a grade you make. You're not defined by accomplishment. You're defined by the grace of God. You're a son of God. You are a daughter of God. A spirit of full acceptance. Put praise right there. Come on. A spirit of full. Somebody needs that. Somebody needs that. And as I take you through these different things that we need to bring to the cross, I just want you to see that the the thread of truth running through all of them is that this, this spirit of performance to be accepted that is on so many people, the way it's broken is by another spirit that's a greater spirit, the Holy Spirit, that is the spirit of full acceptance. This next one is what I call sin struggles. A little different piece here. It's, uh, it's age. You don't, you don't see these as often when you travel because they don't have wheels. And I chose this intentionally because when I talk about sin struggles, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is there a sin struggle that you have that has been running in your family for years. And now you're carrying it. Your dad struggled with it. Your mom struggled with it. Your grandfather, your uncle. It's been running in the family. This struggle, Paul talked about it in Romans 7. He said, what I want to do, I'm not doing. What I shouldn't do, that's where I find myself. And I'm miserable. This tension, the weight of that, brought him to a place of total defeat. He spoke of that and said, how wretched am I? And then the Holy Spirit inspired the answer to the sin struggle. And he starts Romans 8 like this. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's awesome. Again, this sin struggle... No matter how many generations it's been uh, in your family line, if it came down the family tree and it found you, I want to tell you, it's not something you're going to do that breaks the stronghold. It's what Jesus can do in you that will break this stronghold and allow you to check it at the cross. Let's say it like this. When it ran... How how would I say this? It ran in the family until it ran into me. And I want to say it this way. It ran in the family until it ran into Christ in me. Yeah. The reason it stops with you is not because it stopped with Christ. No, it died. It died at the cross. It stops with you because it died when Jesus died on the cross. So I can 
Check it at the cross. Come on. Freedom. Freedom. Let's take it a step beyond. That's, I gave you Romans 8.1. No condemnation. Let me give you Romans 8.2. For the law of the spirit of life. Hear that? The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. This spirit of defeat that's a result of the sin struggle is overwhelmed and broken off of you by a greater power, the spirit of life, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes you free from the law of sin and death. If in your family tree, you look up that tree and you see what you're struggling with has come down. It's been in the family. Now it has run into you. We're saying, look at a different tree. Look at the tree, the middle tree, the cross where Jesus died. And no matter what has come down to you, it runs into Jesus, it dies there, it stops with you by the power of what Jesus did at the cross. The power of the blood of Jesus applied. The holiness of God that we sang about today is the love of God. It's not the anger of God. The holiness of God is the love of God. And the love of God is, is stronger than any power or position. And the power of sin and the stronghold that positions within you is demolished because of the power of the spirit activating life greater than the sin struggle. And so today, when I give an opportunity to respond, it's, it's this baggage, this piece that you need to bring and check it at the cross. And you do it in community. And so many of us will be cheering you on because we know what it is to carry something maybe for years. We know what it is to route back to it. We know what it is to bring it to the altar and do very well and then pick it back up again. We know what it is to need to come back and check it again. And I pray that there would, there would be such a freedom in this room to get honest and just bring it I, whether you've come for years or this is your first time, just check it at the cross. Check it today. Matthew said, if we'll keep company with Jesus, we'll learn to live freely. Well, that's what we want. We don't want to keep struggling in that same sin. So we learn to live freely. Okay, so Paul said, crucify the flesh. Crucifying the flesh means repent. It says crucify the flesh with its passion, its evil desire. Okay. So that's repentance. That's where this is wrong. And I'm passionate. I'm driven. I'm, I'm enticed. So I'm going to repent and I'm going to turn to Jesus. Repentance is to turn. And I'm going to keep company with Jesus. 
And now I'm going to grow the fruit of the Spirit. That comes right after the challenge of crucifying the flesh. Then you grow the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit, the very metaphor, is that these graces of the Spirit, love, joy, this peace, this gentleness and goodness, faith, self-control, these graces of the Spirit by the fact that Paul said they're the fruit means that fruit starts with a seed. And so you don't get that overnight. It's gradual, but it's inevitable. I want to emphasize that, that if you'll keep company with Jesus and so prayer, so devotions through the word of God, so that fellowship with Jesus, be in community. As you sow the seed, you will find yourself living freely. It is inevitable. Keep company with Jesus and you will live freely and lightly. You will, you will move to that place that you've wanted all of this time. Check it at the cross, repentance. Turn from to, turn from the sin to Jesus. Keep company with him, discipleship, sowing the seed of truth that will produce freedom in your life. You don't have to leave here the way you came. Thank you, Lord. I want to go to this third one. And about to get a couple. I'll just let it happen. Who cares? Like, because normally one bag just means another bag. Hey team, put up my picture for me. I had a picture I was going to show you. It's the guy with, there it is. That's so good. Notice the first one had been passed down. Now he's found his new ways to express it. But the result Burdens he was never meant to bear. Some of you in performance, man, let me, I say this tenderly and with compassion and a burden for you. Some of you are still living for the approval of someone who's not even alive anymore. There's a guy in our church, one of the most loving people, just compassionate, generous. And he never heard his dad say, I love you. He would call his brother on his brother's birthday. And his brother would say, I just talked to dad. And he called me and told me how much he loved me. But he, this guy never told his brother, dad's never said that to me. And that could have defined him. But he found in Jesus freedom from that. And he thrives and he's a high performer, but it's from the acceptance that he knows he has in Jesus. Bob Goff has a story. Everybody that knows Bob Goff, you know the dreamer, you know the the high performer that he is going into countries, rebuilding their Supreme Court. Uh, 
going into intense places and building schools. I mean, talk about a difference maker. But his personal story is one of the same. Never heard his dad say, I'm proud of you and I love you. And he said, Ron, that could have defined me. But he said, I, I went to Jesus and gave him that baggage. And I want to live my life doing all that I do because I know I'm accepted. He said, that's why people are never a project for me. Because when they become a project, it's no longer love. So when you read his books, if you do, this is a person who could have been so opposite of who he is and doing what he's doing. But he found that he could check that at the cross. Because often, you have to deal with this one in order to really then come and deal with that one, and that is unhealed hurts. What happened hurt, and then there's always a message in the pain. For the people I've talked about, you know, what's wrong with me? Why, you know, why wouldn't he be willing to say I love you? Like there's a message in that that you have to process. So what happened and the message in it? And it leaves you with an unhealed hurt. And until that hurt is healed, this will affect every relationship, every opportunity. Because the way you see people, the way you see life is through the lens of that unhealed hurt. So today I'm asking you to check it at the cross. Let me give you truth. We saw the truth for the acceptance is the spirit of full acceptance. Here is the spirit of life. Look at the screen, and we'll pull up Romans 8 once again. I think it's verse 11. It's going to tell us about the spirit of resurrection. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Turn your pain to the presence of God. And when you turn your pain to the presence of God, you're turning it to the one, the only one who can heal you. I love coaches. I love counselors. I'm thankful for pastors. I'm thankful for great, godly, loving parents Parents can't heal you, pastors can't heal you, coaches can't heal you, counselors can't heal you. As well-meaning as they may be, they can't heal you. Jesus can heal you. By his wounds, Isaiah 53, 5, by his wounds we are healed. His wounds heal our wounds. He walked into the upper room after the death and resurrection and he showed his disciples the wounds. And it wasn't in the attitude of, can you believe what I had to go through? He didn't enter that upper room as a victim. He entered that upper room as an overcomer, as if to say no weapon formed against me was able to prosper. And now his spirit, think about that. The same spirit that raised Christ gets working in you and it can go as deep as the deepest hurt and heal you 
so that now you can walk freely. Come on, church. Bring that to Jesus. When you turn your pain to the presence of God, I think what's happening is you are experiencing what I don't think words can describe. It's just something you, you know you experience. You enter the fellowship of his suffering. He suffered that in such a way that he is touched with the feelings, acquainted with the feelings of your infirmities. That's how personal. You enter the fellowship of his suffering, and it doesn't stop there, and the power of his resurrection. A great pastor who lost his wife prematurely. Such a sad situation. And Joyce Meyer calls this pastor and said, settle it right now, settle it right now that God is good and the devil is bad. And what she was saying to him is in this world, there are things that we cannot describe and we don't have answers for. It's just we live in a fallen world. And in this world, there's tribulation and there's pain. Nobody's exempt. And rather than go down a road of questioning God, just settle it right now. And he said to me, that kind of encouragement, he said, I would have seeded bitterness. I would have lived with this unhealed hurt. And he said, I spend so much of my ministry now trying to help people spiritually restart their heart. That could be a word right now. Restart your heart today. When you live with unhealed hurt, you get distant. Even coming to a service like this is just not easy. And it's rather mechanical. And so I'm saying to you that there's such power in Jesus that you won't ever forget that this happened, but you can live like it never did. Because that's the power of His Spirit at work in you. You won't forget it, but you can live free from the pain. It took a spirit of full acceptance to set those people free from that spirit of duty and performance. It takes the spirit of life to break the sin struggle. It takes the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to heal the unhealed hurt. Check it today. Come home. Last week, we watched God work, and Kelly and I talked about how as the altar call unfolded, people just kept coming because the Spirit draws. We watched the same thing happen last night at 9 o'clock. I'm about to give an altar call, and the worship team can join me. And some are going to come immediately and say, man, that message was for me. I'm so tired of this burden of acceptance. I'm so tired of this burden, this sin struggle, this burden, this unhealed hurt. Some are going to come immediately. The Spirit will work, and over time, people will come. 
And it's just because in church, and I'm sorry for this, but along the way, for whatever the reason, sometimes we, we mask the hurt instead of be honest about it. We, we compress it. We put it in our heart pocket and we carry it as baggage. We worship through it. We serve through it. Even some people can perform in such a way and everybody's going, that, you are amazing, man, watching how. And, and you go home and you're weeping because you know you're doing it to be accepted and it's, it's too heavy of a burden. And I've just said throughout this message, bring it to the cross in community. There's not a person here that's going to do anything but celebrate your response. They will celebrate and rejoice in your surrender. Because guess what? We've all been there. We have all been there. So the Lord sent me again to plead, don't leave like you came. Will you stand with me? I'm going to pray and this team's going to sing. And as they start singing, I want you to meet me at the altar. If this message was for you, I'm going to ask you to meet me at the altar. Lord, we have honored this space and place with truth. We've honored it with truth that is inspired and infallible. And God, I'm reaching today as I know you are reaching through this entire service with grace to set somebody free from performance-based acceptance. They're bringing it to the cross. While others are going to bring a sin struggle, and it may have been in their family for years, it may be unique to them, but they're bringing it today. And the unhealed hurts. And I pray over everybody in this room that as this altar call concludes, that we're going to keep company with you and learn to live freely and lightly. We capture that vision right now to every person in this room if you say that this message is for me I want you to find the nearest aisle and I want you to come come as they sing